My agent called, he said he got some interest in my script I'm glad I didn't tell him that I never finished it I got my cast of characters and outline for the plot I even got a famous classic case of writer's block Get it out of my head Get it out of my head Welcome to On the Page. This is the podcast that answers all of your questions about the craft and business of screenwriting. My name is Pilar Alessandra, and I'm the instructor and script consultant here at On the Page. Joining me today is somebody I, I really like. Like, I just, whenever I see her, she makes me happy. And we were talking about, well, let's have a cocktail and get together. And then we had the coronavirus thing. And then it was like, well, let's have a Zoom thing. And I'm like, you know what? Let's catch up over a podcast because that is how we roll. Her name is Adria Walden. And yes, she has been on the podcast before on episode 502 and on 589, where she spoke with two other go-getter writers at the time, Michael Martin and Denise Cruz. But today we have her all to ourselves. She is a former newspaper reporter and is currently a staff writer for Disney Junior. She's written animated shows for Nickelodeon, Disney, Mattel, and Amazon, and recently worked as a development executive for DreamWorks TV at NBC Universal. Uh, she was also the host of the 2020 Nebula Awards, and she has extensive experience working in animation production management, starting in 2D television animation at Nickelodeon and Disney, and then moving into CG features at DreamWorks Animation, where she worked on Crudes, Home, Trolls, and How to Train Your Dragon, colon, The Hidden World. Wow. Wow, every time I see you, Adria, I mean, it's really not that long in between me seeing you and it's like, yes, and I've had a new career in this and now I'm staffed on that and I've hosted this and, you know, and the next time it will be like, Adria Walden is studio president. Blah, 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 blah. I mean, it's pretty, wow, you move so quickly. Does it feel like that to you? Yeah. I'm very tired all the time. And I didn't even mention um, Black Girl in a Big Dress is not even in oh. that information, which I didn't, uh, which is all me. I, I did. I was like, oh, and that too. That's right. Yeah. How could no, we I'm leave very, that I'm out? very tired all the time. What yeah. is going on with So Black Girl with a, a Big Dress is um, a very successful web series that Adria did. Didn't it like get like a million? Down? We have about 2 million views across all platforms. Wow. Um, and we were nominated for a Webby a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, and so now I'm just trying to figure out what what to do next, and what I would like to do, to to do next is sell it and have someone else produce it. Hey, <laughs> have, people who are listening, it. elevate it, buy yes. it, buy it. Adria is elevate great it. in it. It's a it's it's such a no brainer of a show. It's really fun. It's fun. It is really fun. I mean, I, I'm not I'm not here to pitch my show, but it is really fun. And it, there is um, the reenact. It's about reenactment set in the world of reenactment. The reenactment community is large and robust and loves. Um, and loves content and yeah, so I'm excited about it. As somebody who's who's been in that community, what do you think's going on with it right now? Do you think people are like dressing up at home? Do you think yes. that Jane Austen has Zoom? I mean, what's... <laughs> oh my gosh, I would love to see um, a Jane Austen adaptation over, over uh, a Zoom version of A Pride and Prejudice or Sense and Sensibility or something that would be amazing. I think it would amazing. work so well because so much of those kind of, of movie adaptations are like just really meaningful looks. Yes. You know, everybody's yes. just sitting around and having tea anyway. 
Right. That's all they're doing. Yeah. yeah. There wasn't a lot. Yeah. That's what you did. You were all strapped into your, into your outfit. So yeah, you just, you sat, you took a turn about the room. I mean, dancing, you can't dance right now, but you, um, you, you can have tea, certainly. I can move the camera around. Somebody said it. I don't know. You can still dance around the, the room, right? You can. I did take a, um, I did take a, I did take a, I can't remember now if it was Victorian or Regency. It might have been Regency, but I did take a dance class over Zoom recently. So it's very doable. And we all danced, you know, together in our own spaces. It was delightful. That sounds really fun. I've been trying to get my my teenager, my my fifteen year old, to do like a tap mm-hmm. class with me. Or and oh, I would do a tap class with you. Yeah, I would. Okay, love tap is one of those things. I I've never tapped. I don't know how to do it. But I, I every time I watch someone tapping, I'm like, that looks amazing, and I should be able to do that. And I know it's like incredibly difficult and requires like it's years not, and years and years of study. It's not. It's wicked easy to be honest with you because like yeah, I've learned tap. Like I can do a little. So but did I you can learn do it, it like? But did you learn it like over like one day, or did you actually do it for like years? You know, he, off and on, here and there, like in in theater camp and. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. There's. Um, I do. You, you can fake it. Let's just say that. <laughs> okay. Okay. I do love that video you posted of you um, not dancing <laughs> with the rest of your castmates. <laughs> Oh my God! Yes, amazing. Somebody amazing. had. Uh, yes, I won't even go. Because you, you looked so happy about it. Like you just looked. You were like, "This is what I got, guys. This is <laughs> this is what I'm going to do." <laughs> so you yes. look so pleased. It was me and Summer it. Stock when I was like 21 years old, and the director of it was actually somebody who's going to be on to be like a big writer director, and mm-hmm. Josh Stolberg. And so just to make me crazy one day he posted a video of me completely one step behind everybody else during a dance when we were we were uh doing grease for a bus and truck tour for for, uh, in florida and uh and it was so humiliating at the time but then i just reposted it because now i'm older and i'm okay i'm like you know what you do you do your dumb stuff (laughs) sometimes you can do this and you can't dance there you go so, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Yes. <laughs> own it. Love it. People are like, can we talk about writing now? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Right, right. That's what this podcast is. Right? Right. Yes. That's right. So, so, okay. I have to know, because in between when mm-hmm. we saw you and in between your writing gig now, you were a development yeah. executive for DreamWorks TV. Yes. So what yes, was it was like a- being on the, the development Sorry. end? I, um, I enjoyed it. I, it's. I feel like I learned so much. It felt like being in grad school. I didn't go to grad school or film school. And it felt like, I felt like I learned so much. First of all, I learned that it is a miracle, an absolute miracle that anything has ever been made ever. Um, that's, <laughs> because that was of all the, the main take. All the development, all the, all the people who yes. have input. All the people who have input and all the... The, the number of times that something has to get sold, right? So I think as a writer, I was always very focused on like, I'm going to sell an idea to like this one executive. But in my office, um, in, in my office, um, if, if I, let's say I loved something, I would have to sell it to my boss. And then she would have to sell it to our boss, who was the head of our sort of production unit. And then he would have to sell it up above him to like two or three other people in order for that thing to actually move forward. And so that was fascinating to see like how many levels of selling and selling and selling and selling. And it also made me, um, made me want to apologize to everyone who I've ever 
like any writing coach I've ever worked with who was like, I need your logline to be simpler. And any coach I've ever been like, I don't want it to be simple because my idea is really complex and amazing. But when you're selling it that many times, it it has to be simple because no one's going to listen to, you know, even a whole page about a concept once you're getting up into like the sort of the higher levels, you know, being able to give my boss a sentence or two that's really riveting is the only way that's going to make it all the way up the chain. So that was fascinating to see. Um, Also the nuances of why something, why would we get interested in something or not get interested in something? Um, You know, it was the kind of thing where there was some corporate conversation that we weren't even a part of, but some corporate conversation that happened two weeks ago. And now there's other mandates are trickling down through our division. And it just so happened that someone we really liked two weeks ago, well, now our mandate has shifted a little bit. And so we just actually can't do anything with that idea, even though we liked it or we liked the writer and it's not the writer's fault and it's not our fault. It's just something that happened on a corporate level um, or, you know, truly the number of times that we would get pitches that were, I don't, I'm being a little hyperbolic when I say almost identical, but when we would get four pitches of essentially the same story back to back to back, and those are writers who didn't know each other. It was just something that's in the zeitgeist. So people were writing about it. Um, And so, you know, perhaps we bought the first one of that series of similar pitches. Of course, by the time we get to the fourth one, we just, the pitch may be great, but we already have something like that. Um, so it definitely taught me not to take rejection personally at all, because there's just so much going on that you just don't have access to that has nothing to do with you. And so that was really great. And also, I, um, I, I, I think that also keeps people from being so paranoid, right? They, they took my idea. No, you're, yeah. everybody's got the same idea. How about that? Yes. Your idea yes, has I to was, be the most special of those, those yes. re- repeated ideas. I was judging a contest recently and there was a pilot, it was a pilot competition and there was a pilot that, um, was, so, um, I used to teach driver's ed. So of course I wrote a pilot about it in this contest. There was a a driver's ed pilot. And I, the first act was, I'm not going to say again, a little hyperbolic when I say almost identical, but the way the story got set up was exactly the same way that my story got set up. And I don't know this writer. I've never met this writer. I have no idea who this person is. I haven't shared that particular script of mine out there, out there in the world. And yet here's this other person completely unrelated to me who has something super, super similar. So it just, yeah, it just happens. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? God. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think that all three of those things that you just said, the idea of the, the log line and the politics and the repetition of ideas, I think should give everybody a little bit of peace of mind in a way yeah. like it's not you it's not you <laughs> and it's not you okay it's not you. the only it's thing you, you really have control over is that log line that you know yeah. um and yeah. that's a tough one because it 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 does have to be simple but it also has to have that hook to it yes did you end yep. up rewriting a lot of the log lines yourself so that you could successfully pitch it to your higher up like in the way that yeah. you felt it Yes. And we would usually work with the writers as well. And sometimes we would just have them rewrite it or we would take a pass at it and then send it back to them and kind of send it back and forth to, until we came up with something that we, that we really liked. So, yeah. So do you still have sort of your toe in the water as far as development goes, or do you feel like, no, it's, it's writing from here on in or, or do you feel like you might go back and forth and do both? Um, in terms of my desire to always be working, uh-huh. um, I would yeah, totally do development again. In terms of <laughs> if anyone would like to. 
hear me in the future. Um, um, but I will say, I think the biggest challenge for me working in development was I did just want to write everything. Mm-hmm. Like we would be kicking around an idea internally with the goal of, of then finding a writer to, uh, you know, attach to that project. And I just wanted to write everything. I could do it. Um, I could do it. So, what about me? Yeah. Here. I was like, I'll do it. I'll, I'll do it. And they'd be like, Adrian, it's a diff- you have a different job. I'm like, yeah, but like, let me just do some pages. Let me just think out some pages really quick. And, um, and we'll just see, we'll just see, let me just kick it around. Let me just try. Um, so that was one of the hardest things. I was like, I just wanted to write everything. But what was also really great was working with other writers, um, being able to talk to them like a writer. Like we had several, like, you know, a, a really established, you know, writers and showrunners come in and we would be talking through ideas and then they would always turn to me and be like, are you a writer? And I'd be like, yeah. And it's just like this, like slight nuance, um, in how, I would talk about things versus the way other executives would talk about things. and Which is actually kind of good because they clock that, right? Yeah. And then later on, it doesn't feel like, you know, who's this person who was right. a development executive who's now in my writer's room? How dare she, right? It's like, right. oh, yeah, I, I pegged her as the writer to begin with. Yeah. So yeah. so uh, now you are currently uh, in the yeah. writer's room on a show. Can you talk about what show you're on and, and how no. it runs? Um, I, can, I can't say what show it is. It's an unannounced Disney Junior show. Ah, always, it. always. I I know, I've done several things in the last year that, um, in part because they're animation, animation takes a long time. Um, like, none of them are announced. And so, like, next year, I feel like my IMDb is going to, like, populate with all these things. Um, but no, it's, um, it's a Disney Junior show. It's super great. It's um, animated. Um, the It's it's it, yeah it's just been it's a fantastic experience our um our showrunner is amazing the team is amazing um and it, it, yeah it's awesome to just begin to talk about getting to talk about stories every day and break stories every day and um yeah is it's, it's is great. the is the writer's room has it solely been on zoom since the lockdown how have you guys been doing that we got together they put the room together probably about a month before lockdown so we were all in the same space for about a month and then all started working from home you know when all of us started working from home uh, but it's been it's been fine we zoom for a couple hours most days and then are left to you know off and writing the rest of the day so it's been fine i miss the um you know i think we've all had to adjust our the way we speak up a little bit. Cause obviously like in the room, if I'm going to, I'm going to now make some motions that no one's on a podcast is going to be able to see, but you know, you can, you can have subtler, like when you're with people and you want to say something, you have, you know, you can make subtler movements and someone will notice it and be like, Oh, like Adrian, what did you want to say? Um, as opposed to sometimes on zoom, you have to become a little bit more aggressive and, and just like, get in there because no one can see you. Everyone's just looking at themselves. And so <laughs> no one can see you. Um, <laughs> That's really uh, funny. <laughs> no one can see you like putting your finger in the air for once, you know, so mm-hmm. you have, to, I think um, that was probably the biggest adjustment was just becoming a little more aggressive about getting, letting someone know that you wanted to jump in with something, but they were also really polite. So sometimes we'll get in that like, Oh no, I'm sorry. You go. Oh no, I'm sorry. You go. Oh, you, you go, you go, you go. And then someone has to be like, I am going to go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Now, um, do they have a, a different way of breaking story in this particular writer's room than you've witnessed before? Um, and do, do single writers go away and write it or do groups of writers go away? Mm-hmm. 
Um, so we, so our, um, the, the woman who's running our show, um, has a big feature background and that's kind of the way this show feels. It is a kid show for young audiences, but we are really focused on a big emotional experience inside of every episode. Some other shows that, um, that I've worked on recently were rompier, which is also super fun. Um, and the show is certainly funny, but when we're breaking these stories, we really, we, you know, we throw a lot, run a lot of gags, but the main thing that we're focusing on is really the emotional journey of these characters. So that's really what we're, what we're talking about. And, and, you know, all, all, all that good old fashioned writery stuff, setting up the characters want, figuring out their need, and then, you know, filling in the details in between, um, and when so our process is we um, we start with the springboard, which is a few sentences. Then we do a premise, then an outline, and then and then go to script. So um, um, so mostly what's in certainly the springboard and the premise is mostly the emotional journey. And then once we go to outline, we start filling in more and more gags. Um, and yes, we um, are each assigned an episode. We're kind of just on a rotation in the room. There's four of us, and then there are also some freelancers, and we're just kind of on a rotation. And so that was actually a big adjustment that I sort of forgot about was you may – so we'll all you know throw ideas into the, the story idea pot and like all suggest ideas, and then you may or may not end up writing the idea that you – pitched and the very first time it happened i had this idea that i thought was so beautiful and i loved it so much and i was so <laughs> proud of it and i was like i'm gonna write this story and everyone really liked it and then you know someone it was someone's time to pick a story and they're just allowed to pick from the pot and they were like oh i want that one and i was like what? <laughs> that's mine Sorry. <laughs> um and then the first time i did it to someone else the first time that they were like okay adria like pick and i was like Oh, well, I actually don't want to do this one, which was someone else's original idea. And now it's all fine now, you know, but that was a really interesting adjustment, especially when you're sort of writing for yourself for a long time. And then all of a sudden you get into a room and, and your ideas are not really your own anymore. And it may be someone else's script and you may pitch the best joke or the best story fix, but that is still their script with their name on it. And if they get the award, it's their award and it's, that you know become your ideas become the room's ideas um that must be tough especially after sort of creating your own material for so long for yourself right so you know being the head writer of your own (laughs) project yeah Yeah, that must be that must be tough and yet you know that's what what you wanted to do right is is be staffed on a show and it's such a collaborative process it is so collaborative and the the other side of it is that the same thing happens for you is that you may be stuck on something and someone else has a brilliant idea and then you get to write it. You get to execute on that other person's awesome idea or awesome joke. And, um, and so that's, it, it, that has been actually so fun to be back in a collaborative space where the, where it also helps the pressure feel like it's feel like it's off a little bit. And also our room is really kind and loving and gentle and generous. And so everyone's happy to be helping each other. And so it is nice to know, like, I'm not totally sure about this, but I know that in the room we're going to solve it and that everyone's going to be on board with, with solving it. And that actually does feel pretty great. Now you have extensive experience working in animation production management as well. Yes. So yes. that all came before all this, right? Before staffing on an before animated show? 
it's been some and both some of both off and on my whole career. Um, my first job in Los Angeles was as a writer's assistant on a Nickelodeon show. And I, so I started on, started on the production side, but then ended up freelancing for that show and then kind of did that dance for a long time where I was working production and that was my job. But then I was also freelancing on other stuff or getting to write little bits here and there. And then um, in the last you know year have made the switch. And I, and I was staffed on a on Disney show um, a while ago. Um, so that lasted for a little while and then I got back into production and I've kind of been doing both. And now, now it's all writing all the time. I want that. I I want your show about driving school. I, the more I think (laughs) about it, the more I'm, I know I just got off subject, but I, it's, it's in my head. Do you know, did I ever mention on the show that on the page might not be if it wasn't for me going to a driving school? Really? Yes. No, I don't know the story. (laughs) So so I was working as a reader um, Mm -hmm. and I rolled through a stop sign on the DreamWorks lot and I got a ticket on the lot. I rolled through. Yeah. In Glendale? Um, In uh, Studio City and, you know, in a universal city. Okay. Okay. Yep. Yep. So I'm just like, and I couldn't even get out of it. You know, and I tried. Right. I know. You're so charming. Uh, That's what I told him. I'm so charming. Why would you give me this ticket? And it was the old days. So there was no like driving school online. So I had to go Mm -hmm. to driving school so that my, my insurance didn't go up. Yeah. And so I picked the improv driving school, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's mm-hmm. comedy driving school. And I'm yes. sure when you were doing driving school, you were very, you, you were probably like very entertaining, right? As a driving school I, instructor. I hope so. Yeah. yeah. I hope so. I was in the car. You were fair. in was, the car. Okay. So this yeah. was like, you had to take like this, this, you know, a day of learning, Yes. you know, just being treated like a little bit of a criminal. But, but um, at the improv, you were all supposed to be laughing. And this guy was not particularly funny, but he was entertaining and he kept the class moving in certain ways. And I realized that everybody's just paying attention, got a big smile on their face, and he really is teaching them. He's just moving things along in a light Mm -hmm. kind of way. He's Mm -hmm. forcing you to focus in certain ways. He's changing things up. He's making it conversational Mm -hmm. and it doesn't feel like you're in school. And that became my style for teaching. I was like, that's the kind of teacher I'm going to be when I, when I teach writing. And so, um, yes, that made me go like, I'm going to teach that way. So that guy has no idea that I cribbed his style. no idea. My my driving school instructor. Unless he's also a screenwriter and maybe that was his side hustle. And, and now today he's like, wait, I remember when Pilar was in my class and now he feels great about himself. Yeah. Well, I want to thank him, whoever he is. I don't even remember his name. I just remember he was an entertaining guy. I could tell he kind of hated his job too, but, sure. but he was, um, he was very, uh, you know, he could turn it on. It was interesting. Yeah. I love my job, yeah. but you know, I thought, well, he could do all that and sort of secretly hate his job. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so there we go. I want something about driving school. Sorry, I got off. I but but that that does bring me to you've worked in um, in a lot of animation, but you also yes. love live action, right? I've read I've read a live action yes. pilot of yours. You mm-hmm. know, there's the web series and all that. Do you? The more that you do this, do you feel like there isn't that much difference between writing for the two? Yeah. Yeah, I think the the biggest difference, especially writing animation for young audiences, is 
um, is just how physical um, these scripts have to be, like how physical and, and push. Like you're really not going more than three lines of dialogue without something significantly physically, physical happening with your characters. That's probably the biggest difference. Whereas in a live action script, you can get like a nice run of banter and, and stuff like that. And an animation in kids animation in primetime animation, you know, a, a family guy or Simpsons or something like that. It's probably a little different. Um, but in like kids animation, it really is like continuing to, um, push the physicality and push the visuals. And I do think of it like always, oh, sorry, I'm snapping in this microphone. It's probably not pleasant, but like you're always trying, cause they're kids. You're always trying to get their attention. So everything has to be a burst all the, like all the time you can even, you know, you have your, your, a few like slower character moments, but really you're just kind of always introducing um, another, like here's another exciting thing, another exciting thing because they're kids and you're just trying to keep the, the attention up. Um, and that's probably the biggest difference. But if you think about it too, like you know, grown up, grown up audience members, and when you're doing live action, mm-hmm. still also need that. Hey, yes. look over here! Here's that shiny thing. Yes. Here's, I'm yes. going to keep you entertained. You know, it goes yes. back to comedy driving driving school. Like goes, all goes back to comedy driving school. <laughs> oh, yes. are, you, are you bored? Look over here! Here's a new exciting yep. thing, but probably not yep. at that at that pace, right? At the pace, yeah. Yes. Um, Got it. Now, one thing I I, uh, I also wanted to talk to you about, and yes. uh, I had prepped you for asking about this. Um, I got the pleasure of hanging out with Adria at an event that she was running where she talked about networking. And she gave these practical tools for networking, and they were so great that I just asked if she would share a few with you guys. Because I've also, like... Adrian is also one of the most genuine people like these, these tools are not about making you a big phony networker. This is probably stuff that you're sort of already good at and you should do more of. So I was just wondering, Adrian, if you could give maybe like two or three tips about networking. Yes. Um, and just my, my background on that really, really quick is naturally, um, I'm, I'm naturally like a pretty shy, introverted, quiet person and discover that all the things that I want to do just require that I get out of that shell. But um, it's funny, I was actually talking to my mom today about what I was like as a kid. And she was like, you wanted to be left alone. You didn't want to be touched. You didn't want like you were off on your own. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that tracks. That sounds right. <laughs> and, um, and when I moved to L.A., so my first career was in journalism. And in journalism at the time, this was a long time ago, but it really was a pretty simple a simple meritocracy for the most part. You wrote good stories, a bigger paper saw your stories, they called you and that's how you got jobs. And that's really what it was at the time. So when I moved to LA, I was like, well, I'll just do good work and people will find me and that will be that. (laughs) And that is not how Los Angeles works primarily. And people are like, you've got to network, you've got to do this. And I was like, I don't know, I'm going to do it the other way that I do it. And then I didn't get work and then I changed my, my path. So the things I, when I, when I, when I teach and I talk about this stuff, it's all stuff that comes from that place of me being, um, not wanting to be schmoozy, not wanting to be fake, um, and still wanting to be able to be my like normal introverted self who can like, you know, put it on every once in a while. Um, so yeah. And so I try to keep things really simple and it, and I think about it, it's like networking is you're just making uh, trying to make a genuine connection with someone really as quickly as possible. Um, so that you have something to email them about later. Um, so one of my favorite things to do is um, 
um, sorry, I'm, th- I'm, I'm thinking, maybe you can edit out some of these pauses later. I'm, just, I'm thinking through my, um, my work. Okay. So one of the things that I, um, if like I edit do- out pauses, don't you think that I would be so much better on the podcast? <laughs> Have you listened to this podcast? Um, and you know, it, it, it's it, it's like they're between every letter, for God's sake. So, no, a little pausing from you okay. is not a big deal. Okay. Um, so one of the things that I like to do is always have an interesting answer to the question, how are you doing or how's it going? Because every conversation begins, hey, how's it going? And here's how it normally goes. It's like, hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? Good. And then everyone dies of boredom. So, and then you're kind of like struggling to like find something to talk about. So one of the things that I do and that I suggest people do is, you know, that someone is going to ask you that question. So just be prepared for it with something more interesting and make it a little story if you can. So one of the stories that I used for a long time um, was um, I had this dog and uh, he had to get like 10 teeth pulled out and it was really sad. And he was in this cone and he was so miserable and, but I was really happy, but he had been having all these problems. And he got his teeth pulled out and then he was better. And so for a long time, people would say, how's it going? And I would say, oh my gosh, I'm so relieved. My dog just had this crazy mouth surgery and he's so swollen and funny and he's got the cone and he's so mad, but oh, he's so much healthier. And, oh, here's a picture of him. Look how cute he is in the cone. And now you know that I have a dog. It's LA. So you probably have a dog. You know that I have a dog and here's a picture of it. And you know that my dog went through a thing and maybe you have a story about a time an animal went through a thing. You know that I like like animals. And all of a sudden we're talking about something that's maybe not the most interesting conversation in the world, but it's something, it's something. Um, and so I, so I encourage people to just have something ready to go. It can be about anything. It can be, you know, it can be, Oh, I'm so excited because I just finished this amazing book, or I'm so excited because I just finished this amazing script or, Oh, Oh my, I'm so inspired. I just watched the best show. And let me tell you about it. It doesn't matter what it is. And it doesn't matter how timely it was. Like I used that dog story for like a few months because no one's going to be like, wait a minute, exactly what day did your dog have surgery? What? This story is four months old. I'm not talking to you. Nobody cares. And, and that dog's not calling you on it. The dog's like, the dog's really? Up. Again, you're using me again, dude. Dogs don't call me on it. Nope. Um, but everyone, especially in the context of trying to, to network, is just hoping that someone has something interesting to talk about. So you're actually giving people a gift by um, sharing, starting a conversation off with a, with a bang. It's just like a good opening sequence to a movie. You just want... You know, if a movie started with a character walking onto frame and being like, you know, kind of that classic overly used, you know, alarm clock rings, pan across the room, da 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 da, like, you know, as as we get away from those kinds of openings, just get away from those kinds of openings in your conversation as well. That makes so much sense. And, and like you said, you're doing somebody a favor because you've yes. broken the ice. They probably have a way to get through the awkwardness and they're used to the awkwardness, but right. no awkwardness. Right. You're already and probably truly engaged. Like, like you said, there's a connection that was made. Wonderful. Wonderful. I I hate to even ask you for another tip because that was so good. And I I feel like you're giving all away the gold, but I'm going to ask you for another one because I'm selfish. I could talk about this. I loved talking about networking because it was so hard for me for so long. And being able to collect some skills is truly something I enjoy doing. So I I haven't talked about this all day. Um, I also love encouraging people to um, share stories, right? So you can tell stories neutrally, positively, or negatively. And and 
there's this habit that people have of being like really self-deprecating or like being really cynical because it's kind of cooler than being like bubbly and excited, but it's also kind of a downer and it's hard to know if someone's being sincere and it is actually a little bit harder to truly bond over. Like you can um, uh, make a lot of jokes from sort of like a cynical self-deprecating place and that's kind of fun, but at the end of it, it's a little bit like, wait, like what, but what is the truth of the situation? So um, an exercise that I do in uh, my workshops is I'll have people take a story and um, tell it completely neutrally. Um, I'm trying to think of a good, quick, um, I'll use, I'll use the dog. I can be like, my dog had surgery, the end. Then I have them do it in the, in the most negative ugh, way possible. Like, oh my God, I'm so mad. I have to go to the vets today and pick up my dog and he's going to be all groggy and then the cone is going to be a thing and then I, I can't feed him his regular food and that like really complaining. And then I'm like, flip it. Tell that story as positively as possible. And then it becomes like, oh my gosh, like I'm so excited. I get to go and pick up my dog. And I love him so much. And, da, da, da. and each of those stories are true, but it's just what you're focusing on. And so instead of that habit we have of being like, Oh, oh I just did a thing. It's probably no big deal. Like, da, 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 da. like be like, let yourself be excited. Like I make, I'm excited about this thing and sharing things from a genuinely excited and positive place. Um, a, it attracts other positive people to you, which I think is a faster way to grow in general. Um, and it also lets people know who you really actually are, which helps with real and actual bonds as well. And then the other person isn't like, oh, how long is this sad story going to last? Right. Because, uh, again, people want to be happy. Like, we all want to be happy. And so if you can do someone that favor and share stuff from a positive place, I think that's really I think that's great, well. too, because it also suggests that you can push through adversity, too, right? Yes. They, they need somebody who's going to show up in the writer's room and they may have a bad day and use that bad day experience in this in this. Uh, story, but maybe leave the drama on the page. And yes. yeah, yes. and so knowing that, oh, okay, you can take, you know, lemons and make lemonade out of it is probably more useful for them yeah. when they're hiring you. Yeah. I love that. God, that's so yeah. good. That's so yeah. good. Thank Thanks. you. Oh, no problem. Oh, my goodness. Now, you, you mentioned that you have workshops. Do you, do you teach this every once in a while? I like, teach every once in a while. Um, and, um, Yes, you can. You can find. Is is this an appropriate time to be like? This is my website. Absolutely, right? absolutely. Well, I have I have a website about this stuff called theyreallylikeyou dot com, and so you can sign up for. If people are interested, you can sign up for my newsletter there, and I keep 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 people uh, abreast of upcoming workshops and things there. But I love it. I do. I love um, I love teaching it because it is just kind of like turning those little dials and getting skills you can pick up when you need them, and then put them down when you don't. And I've been just trying to brainstorm a way to to get Adria into one of my workshops as a guest speaker. So yeah, so I'm uh, I'm I'm actually uh, like things are generating, and I'm I've actually got a, a suggestion about that, Adria. We're we're gonna talk <laughs> because it. I have like I have I've watched Adria in person do this, and and she is a magic magic woman. Um, oh, so, uh, you know, for anybody who is a new writer mm -hmm. who, you know, is, is I, I mean, remember the last time you were on, it was Go-Getter podcast, yes. right? So, you know, not so long ago, you were new um, mm -hmm. at this. What are some things 
like maybe a myth that people carry around with them mm. that you found maybe was not true or something oh, that surprised you or even mm-hmm. delighted you about your your new experiences as a writer um, that, you know, you know, new writers may not know. Oh, that's so interesting. Um, I love that question. Um, I think kind of like I was saying earlier, I, the, the, one of the biggest things was truly how not personal rejection is. There's just so many reasons that something might not be a fit and accepting that. Um, yeah. And just not taking it personally. That was really big. Um, um, Oh, I just had something else and then it, and then it just went away. Um, because then when like something does click and you see how like easy the click is when it does happen, you're like, Oh, Oh, it was just waiting for all these, all these many things to align. Um, I love right now, this isn't really a myth, but I do love right now how much I'm learning from being in a space with other really talented writers and writers who are not only really good at what they do, but really good about communicating why they're doing what they're doing and are also really good at communicating about feedback. I I find that sometimes, you know, when I find that you can, based on the way people give feedback, I think you can just sort of tell a lot about where they are. So if someone ever says anything along the lines of what you should do in this scene or something like that, like that's always kind of a signal to me that "Mm, maybe that's not someone I'm dying to work with because the, the, what you should do is, is like, well, maybe I should do that. Maybe I shouldn't. What is your problem with this scene? Like someone who can say, I think you were going for this. I didn't quite understand that. Is this what you're going for? Okay. If that's what you're going for, I'm wondering if you want to try this or that. Even our room, we're every one of us is so good about saying, would it be helpful if, um, do you want to think about, as opposed to being like, here's the answer and I definitely know it, but the like, um, the understanding that you may not have the answer, you may have a strong opinion, but it may not be the right answer. And like that being able to kind of, I, I guess it's humility, I, I guess, but being able to be like, this is how I'm responding. If that's the response you want, great. If that's not the response you want, maybe it's a sort of a softness around how people communicate. It, it's speaking to the intention. That. It's, you know, yeah. like you said, is this is what I think you're going for is you're stating what you believe their uh, intention is with that right. scene, with the story, with the character, and then saying a way to get there might be this. So right. it's good because it respects what their intention is. And if they, yeah. if, if you're saying, I, I believe that is, and they say, no, 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 my intention is this. Mm-hmm. Well, now they know they've got to adjust the scene to meet yeah. their intention. No, that's that's wonderful advice. Thank you so much. What are you what are you personally well we know we've got black girl in a big dress that we need to, to become a series. Mm-hmm. You're working you're staffing right now. So yeah. I'm sure you've got a lot on your plate as is. But is mm-hmm. there anything else that you're writing on your own right now, a feature, another pilot, something like that that um you're getting up at early in the morning to do? Or is there just no time? Right. It's really interesting. Right now, it really is um, about the show and loving, um, yeah, just doing this deep dive on the show. And yeah, like I said, it just, it feels like I'm still doing so much learning, which is awesome. Um, you know, another thing about the show is that it's short form episodes. So the episodes are like 11 minutes and, um, and that's such a different um 
try, like trying to get as, you know, working with that size and shape of an episode to get the same amount of emotion and journey into this smaller space. But I also feel like it's making me a better long form writer as well. Cause you learn real quick how much you don't need <laughs> in a story when you can't have, when you don't have 22 minutes or, or 90 minutes. Um, does, so does, just, yes, I'm really, Oh, I'm so sorry. To no, inter- no. Does an 11, because I'm always trying to crack the code of the 11 minute episode mm-hmm. myself having, you know, I teach everything else except that. And mm-hmm. I want to be able to, you know, teach my writers the structure of an 11 minute. Um, mm-hmm. It really, I know it depends on, on the show, but um, do you find that you're still sort of following a beginning, middle and end kind of structure? Like it's totally. a three act structure just compressed into, yeah. into that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, totally. And, you know, the combination of it being short and being for young audiences, it is really interesting to, you really have to so quickly state like, hey, kids, we're at school today and here's a crazy new animal. Like you have to get, there's no, there's just not that space for a lot of like mucking about with like setting a scene slowly. Um, it really is getting in very quickly. I, I did sketch um, an improv for a long time, but one of um, the things that I loved about a good, a, a great sketch often will literally just tell you at the top of the sketch, well, here we are, you know, the United Nations on the eve of World War Three. They just tell you and then they get and then now that you have that information, you can just enjoy the rest of the sketch as opposed to trying to be overly clever about, you know, you know, dropping little hints about where you are the way you might do in a feature. But I still think there's something really refreshing, even in longer form about just like here's the information that we need to be able to enjoy the rest of this. Now that obviously there are, are films where part of the journey is, um, is the, you know, reversals and, and the bait and switch and, and, and things like that. So I'm not really talking about that kind of stuff, but, um, but as, as a writer, there's that instinct to be like, I have so many beautiful words and I want to share them all. But again, it goes back to intention. It's like, what is, my, what, what is the bare minimum my audience needs right now to understand what's happening? How can I communicate that? And then once I have that in place... I can go back and add on more if there's space and time. That makes a lot of sense. And it's not a, it's actually not a bad editing technique for features too. Yes, you can nuance mm-hmm. more, but people over nuance all the time. It's like, here's mm-hmm. a setup of how lonely he is. Look at how lonely he is eating by himself. <laughs> now he's lonely and, and walking down the street street all by himself like okay oh, we got it with that one we get scene. it we get it yes right yes exactly yeah. pretend that you've got a kid audience for a second show yeah. them something and move on i love that thank you thank you so much adri this has been wonderful where you know, so we 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 you've got your your networking uh website tell mm-hmm. us where else people should go to find everything that is adria walden <laughs> everything that is me that's right um Basically, any version. Um, so all my social media stuff is under Black Girl in a Big Dress, spelled slightly different everywhere. Um, but if you if you search for Black Girl in a Big Dress, um, you'll find me on Twitter and, and Instagram. Excellent. Um, I'm not overly active, but I'm there. I'm around. And you will let us know when we can actually promote the show that you're working on. Yes. Okay. Yes, I can't wait to be able to share it because it's so charming and it's so fun. And I love it so much. Um, yeah, I can't wait till... Um, it's a little further along and they announce it so that I can 
share because it's super great. Well, congratulations on everything. And the next time we Thank have you, you on, we'll be for that studio, uh, the, the, the <laughs> studio present, president yeah, position mm-hmm. um, yeah. or the, you know, the, yeah, now I'm show running this. You know, I <laughs> fully expect that. So I don't know, six months, something like that. Yeah, yeah. that sounds okay. good. That All right. sounds good. Yeah, Great. I think I can do that. Great. Then. Yes. Um, also, remember to go to onthepage.tv. We've got the classes that are going on still Roland, doing it online, having a great time. Um, the next one is writing feature film, and that is August 8th through the end of the month. It's four-parter. You will go from idea into outline and into pages in four weeks. You'll actually write your script. How about that? So I would love to see you online then. You can sign up uh, right now for that. Thank you again to Adria Walden. You rock. You are oh, wonderful. You're, awesome. you're, you're the best. Thank you for having me. Brilliant. Oh. <laughs> And thanks to all of you for listening. Have a good writing week.